My name is Michael Raziel, and this is the Win Daily Show. And my special guest today is Phil Cash with the Flash, Nason's professional handicapper, content director over here at Win Daily, author of multiple books, including his most recent release, Betting Baseball 101, professional tennis coach. One of these things is not like the other, but Phil, really appreciate hanging out with me today, man. Hey, it's good to have you. It's good to be here. I, I keep saying good to have you because I'm not used to being on this side that often. I love you it, know? man. I hope, I hope we can throw a, a little life, a little energy into you because uh, definitely, uh, definitely think we can have some fun with this one. So it should be oh, fun. Yeah. So Phil, as I told you, the first question I love to ask everybody here, you know what Win Daily, what we're all about. We're all about helping people make money, DFS gambling. We also like that mindset, that energy, that positivity. So what does it mean to you to win each day? Discipline. That's what it means. If you don't have discipline, you're not going to win ever at anything that you do. Discipline is how everything revolves around what I've been doing since I was four years old. You know, I played tennis as a young guy, mm-hmm. well, you know, and, and I, I did pretty well, but I got hurt and I wound up as a tennis director in Las Vegas at age 19. Actually, I wound up there at age 18. I was the assistant pro at a place called Caesars Palace. Maybe you've heard of it. What's um, Yeah, and I worked for the legendary tennis coach Pancho Gonzalez, who was probably the most famous tennis player ever from Mexico. He was a world number one, and he's the one who gave me my chance. Uh, my coach knew him. He needed an assistant because he didn't want to chase balls for people anymore. You know, you get to that age, you don't want to run anymore, right? And I was the flash, so I could still fly a little bit even though I hurt my knee, and I decided that coaching would be my way. I could have gone back and tried to play on the tour, but that, was, that would have been stupid. I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. I missed a year and that would have been too much. So when it was time to go coach, I realized I was making more money than those guys. And again, it was all about discipline. Being Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas was all about discipline. If you have a problem with women, gambling or booze, you're screwed. And luckily for me, I had people like Frank Rosenthal, who was my boss. And then I also had a guy named Frank Culotta, who was in the movie Casino. He was Mm -hmm. probably... He was the guy who actually killed the uh, Joe Pesci character. And I, in fact, I spoke to him two days ago. Um, At the end of the day, these guys trained me and taught me to not think with my genitals, to think with my head, and to use the discipline that I had as a tennis guy to go into all phases of my life. And and it's worked. I mean, we win, we lose, you know. Not everything is peaches and cream and roses and uh, strawberries. Mm -hmm. Life is tough. And if you don't have that discipline, even if you lose everything that you have, if you have discipline, you're going to be able to get back. It might take a while, but you'll be able to get back. But it's all about discipline. That's my books about discipline. My coaching still today. Michael is all about discipline. If you don't have it, you're out of luck. It's, it's so true, man. Discipline is, is one of those. Um, it's one of those superpowers. If you're able to really have a hold on it, if you're able to really utilize it to your advantage and, and do what you need to do when you need to do it. Everybody, we all know what we're supposed to do, right? That's the, that's the, the funniest and the most ironic and the worst part. We all know what we're supposed to do on a daily basis. And we pretty much choose not to do many of these things. I don't want to work out because I don't feel like going through the pain or getting up off the couch or doing any of these things. And, you know, obviously when it comes to gambling, when it comes to sports betting that and, and training, of course, uh, all of that really does come into play. And so with that, I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. You had some pretty incredible mentors in your life. When, when and how did you get into the sports betting and sports gambling space? Oh, that started like when I was a little kid. <laughs> um, my, my, well, actually, it did. I wasn't betting, but I, I like to pick winners. 
Um, I say this in my book at the beginning of the book. Um, I used to be a big fan of puzzles. I was raised by my grandparents. So they did a lot of puzzles and stuff like that. You know, old school That's what they do now and call a thing called quarantine. Well, my grandparents did that all the time. You know, mm -hmm. they'd already raised their kids and now they're stuck with this little guy. Well, anyway, my grandmother was a librarian and I was into sports and picking winners. And one of the things that I learned at a very early age was the appreciation for reading. So I had this edge right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Grandma's a librarian. Any newspaper I wanted, she could get me. It might have been a day or two old, but that's how I started reading newspapers. I mean, Lenny, I think you talked to Lenny Melnick on here, and mm -hmm. Lenny does that too. Um, I, I've known Lenny a long time. But uh, reading the newspapers and reading the beat writers and, and learning, getting that third eye but that third eye from up close. And that's what gave me an edge. And I started putting together a system that I now have. It's called the cash with flash method, as you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, what happened is I was picking these winners and we lived in an area where deer hunting in Michigan was very prominent. And my grandfather was a well-known iron worker. Um, his company helped build the St. Louis Ark, for example. So, wow. his, uh, so his iron workers they would come over for deer camp and these guys would all be asking me who was going to win and they would be betting with their bookies. And I started a little side business handicapping for them because they didn't have the time to do it. So I put that to the shelf, got out to Vegas. I was underage. I couldn't gamble. I was an executive at a casino and couldn't gamble there or anywhere else or drink or anywhere. 21 mm -hmm. was the age. So what I was told to do, I asked Frank this question and we did this at Win Daily. It was called the 30 day challenge. If you remember, I said, well, how much of a bankroll do I need to get started? And what he told me was this. He says, listen, forget about your money. You can't gamble anyway. If you, you can't win on paper, you can't win with a million dollars. It doesn't matter how much money that you have. So what you need to do, what I want you to do is write down every single pick that you were going to make and how much you were going to spend on this for 30 days. And if you come back with more than 52.4% success rate, you and I can talk about handicapping again. Well, needless to say, I failed miserably. It's not as easy as it looks. Mm -hmm. And if you remember on our contest at, at Win Daily, only one person finished over 52%. And he was a 15-year-old kid that I mentor, one of my former students who I got into the sports writing business, who actually makes money doing it. The end of the day, because he has discipline and he knows he doesn't go wading through the wading through weeds and mm -hmm. chasing witty hits all day looking for edges, and he doesn't send messages to people asking, "I need a hot parlay today." He went out and did his thing. Well, that's what I did. After I lose that thirty days, Michael, I feel stupid, but I can't do anything about it because the bookies in the street are afraid of Frank Frank Rosenthal and Frank Colada, and they know if they take any of my money. They're going to get wiped out. That's just the way it was. <laughs> Those guys were looking after me. And that was a good thing because I could have gotten a lot of trouble. So what I decided to do was stick with that 30-day thing. And I was going to do this every single day, just like the puzzle, looking for that missing piece, why I sucked when I used to be so good. And I did that for two years, never placed a bet. And I probably only placed five bets since then when I turned 21. You know what I learned? From Frank Rosenthal, handicappers don't gamble, son. We have enough on our plate. Our job is to teach them how to beat the casino, and they pay us for it.
Mm. This way we sleep at night. And because of my tennis background and the fact that I coach all these kids who turned out pretty good, I'm not allowed to gamble anyway. So this is a beautiful thing because I don't have a horse and I don't have to win tomorrow, but I know that I'm going to, if that made sense, if any of that made sense, but that's how I got into it to make a long, long story short. Keep a long story long, man. You got all the wisdom, the knowledge, the experience, and I want to, uh, I want us to impart that onto as many people as we can, which I think is great. And yeah, I mean, that's, it's just very, again, it goes back to discipline doing that for two years and not placing a bet. Now, as you said, there were some in a casino, forces, dude. exactly. There and were I forces that nature, in a casino. But... I was their boss technically, even though I was a tennis director, I could call down anytime I wanted for room service. I could bring my girls up there, whatever I wanted to do. Right. I could have made a bet with those guys anytime I wanted, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I lost because I had the discipline. The one, I was kind of afraid of Frank too sometimes. And two, and this is the best part, I didn't want to lose my job. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. And and after I got whatever, I didn't feel the taste for it anymore. My thing was now, let me continue to practice this. Let me have some fun. On my 21st birthday, I had a lot of fun. They opened up the sports book at the Desert Inn for me at midnight. And I bet on Korean horse races all night. Lost my ass. You know what I learned from that? Don't gamble on things you know nothing about. Yep. Yep. And that's that's a great <laughs> point. You see that happen, especially now with um, you know being in quarantine. People are just throwing money around because they, they're, they're looking to scratch that itch. But I know, um, so you've wrote, written three books. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that recently came, uh, most recent, Betting Baseball 101. What is it about baseball that you feel so confident in that you could write a book about it? Well, I have, I feel confident in all the sports that I I handicap. Mm -hmm. It's just one of the sports that I've done the longest. It's also one of the sports that I struggled the most with because baseball is difficult to gamble Mm -hmm. on. Baseball is difficult to handicap. Actually, it's not as difficult to handicap as to get it right because you got to take in all those variables and make it happen. That's tough. Mm -hmm. And, And it took a while for me to get to that point. But what happened for me is I got also involved when I was a young kid in fantasy baseball. So we flash forward a few years and I'm in Greece at this five-star resort where I'm the tennis director after I left Las Vegas when our casino was closed and bought by Steve Wynn. So anyway, I'm out in Vegas. I'm doing my radio show. Crazy things. Getting a radio show in Greece. Not many people can get a radio show in America and I can do Mm -hmm. it anywhere. That's the fun part. But here's why. Again, discipline. But so now I'm out there in Greece and I'm looking for, I've got my radio show. I've got my podcast, the Phil Nason show podcast. But now I want to make a little money off that thing. Cause getting up at two o'clock in the morning kind of is not so easy, especially when you have American guests and you want to get them on. Mm-hmm. That's when you have to do it. So I got this affiliate deal with a site called uh, draft street. It's a DFS site. Mm-hmm. And I started playing DFS fantasy baseball and I had, that's part of my book. That's the second half of the book. Anyway, I had a tough time with that too. And I was good at season long leagues, but I had a tough time with DFS. I had to learn that too, because that's a different animal altogether. And and this was at the very beginnings of daily fantasy baseball. And and I started keeping notes like I did with my handicapping. See, that's why I feel like I can write a book and why I did, because I kept notes for 35 years on everything that I've ever done right or wrong in sports handicapping, in sports coaching, whatever it may be. When computers came out, I paid my buddy to do it, to transcribe it all for me. A court reporter took care of it. And now I got it on a disc, but at the end of the day, that's why I can do it because I've been around it a long time. 
I can spot a sucker a mile away. I can spot, I can spot a trap game. I'm pretty good at that. And, and the other thing that I'm decent at is I know how they set the lines because I work for the company or a company that does that, as you know. Mm-hmm. Now that I got to keep quiet. You know what I mean? The name, that's a different issue. Bottom line is the people who know me know that I do that and I have for the last year. So I can spot a dirty line a mile away and that makes it fun. That's why I can write a book. I love it. And t- t- so talk a little bit about the book that you, uh, the one that was recently released. It was only within the last month uh, as of this recording, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, betting yeah, baseball yeah. 101. Yep. What, um, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about it, what that process was like and how, how you've, um, you know, how you came to be able to, to publish your third book. And now, as you told me beforehand, you got a couple more on the way with quarantine and everything, but tell us about the one that just came out. How's that sound? Well, that, that sounds great. You know, that took a lot longer than I thought it would because I'm a full-time handicapper and I work for, and plus I became the content director at Win Daily Sports at the same time I was going to start this. Mm-hmm. I came to Ohio. I was supposed to go to New York, but I came to Ohio to, so I could do this. So I could kind of sequester myself take my handicapping brand to the next level, which I believe I have done, and also to write that baseball book. And my plan was is to write betting baseball first, and then I was going to write the football book after, with, during baseball, the beginning of baseball season because everything slows down, as you know, mm-hmm. after the NCAA finals. And then I would write the basketball book in the summer at tennis camp. Well, anyway, so I'm hustling through this book, this base, betting baseball book, and I've got two full-time jobs I'm doing. Plus, I'm doing my podcast. Plus, I'm doing NFL spots five times a week on ESPN and CBS Sports and Sirius with Jason and all these things. And I found it to be difficult. It took a long time to write that book. And I had it outlined for two years. I was going to do this two years ago, but the Supreme Court had not made the ruling that they did. And there was this little thing, and I don't know, you've, you're new to radio or podcast or whatever, but back in when I started, even when I was doing that little show in Vegas years and years and years ago as a joke, if you talked about betting on sports, you were technically enticing people to do illegal things unless you were in Vegas. And the internet nature of everything, mm-hmm. that gets you in trouble. Because back then, the only place in America that you could wait, legally wager was in Las Vegas. So everywhere else you were going into the street, there weren't even any online bookies back then really. It was just that. So I was reluctant to do it. So now I'm getting ready to start this thing and I'm working. So it was so tough. But the great thing about the book is that I I walk you through the steps that I do every single day. Um, The reading in the newspapers, listening to managers talk, um, staying away from experts, or how to identify someone that you can deal with. Because there are a lot of scam 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 decappers out there thousands of them i mean there's no such thing as a lock lock belongs on doors when you see things like that you run away from and and i talk about that in the book honestly and and i try to reflect on it not to say well phil's better than them the bottom line is a lot of these guys are anonymous they're hiding behind accounts and, and they're selling picks and they're selling michael the, the New York Jets and they're selling Phil, the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And they always have a 50% success rate that way, you know, bad things. And I talk about some of that, but mostly I just talk about how you can beat them by not needing them. When you go through, when you finish my book and, and I've talked to some people who have people who I respect, they said that they changed their ways of handicapping. Now you'll learn how to use a handicapper like me. Okay, you'll be able to read my stuff and you've already done your own work. 
So once you've done your own work, everything goes better this way. Mm-hmm. Now you can say, hey, why? Phil likes the Jets today, and I like the Dolphins. Let me figure out why. Maybe I missed something because that guy has a 56% success rate over 2,000 picks. That guy's not bad. That guy had a 70% success rate in the NFL this season, over 90 picks, documented. That's not bad. You can read all my picks over at Win Daily Sports or contact me. I'll send you my complete spreadsheet. You can Google every single game and see exactly where I am. Every one of those. End of the day, I talk about that, how it's important to, to vet things. It's important to use stats in context. It's also important to know what's not important to you. What's noise and what isn't noise, you know what I mean? There's a lot of stats out there that are just simply noise. And when I listen to these guys talk, I know they're full of crap. You'll know that too because you're talking to a guy who's been doing it forever, forever. I would say 46 years. My goodness, that's a life, man. Yeah, but it's been a fun life and it's gotten me to so many places. You know, who would have thought this little kid who's bugging his grandma to bring him the newspapers – so I didn't have to read big books as long as I was reading. She was cool, right? <laughs> Who would have thought that I'm doing these things? And all of a sudden, 19 years later, I'm with the guy who brought the sports books to Las Vegas. Every sports book that you see today is because of Frank Rosenthal. His vision, it might have been dirty money, <laughs> but what wasn't in Vegas? What isn't in Vegas? End of the day, it's been an amazing ride. And it all goes back to that same thing, Michael. It's called discipline. Ask Jason next time you talk to him. He can call me at 4 a.m. Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Monday or whatever, seven days a week. I was going to say, yeah. That's yeah, all yeah. Days, right? <laughs> it's the freak. You know what? I, I lost the calendar, bro. I can't believe it. I, I can't. But anyway, I get up at 4 a.m. just like I did when I was playing tennis. It's like the summer I worked for my grandfather as an iron worker when I was 15 and learned I didn't want to do that again. 4 a.m. That's when you get up. And, and I'm up and I've already got everything that's necessary to my day done by 5.30. And now I can go do everything else that I do with confidence. Again, discipline. Most guys won't get up at that time. Most guys won't put the work in at 4 a.m. Most guys won't go to sleep early either. You know, they, they, they stay up all night, party, whatever, and, and they've missed half the day. That's I how I feel. I think, you know, discipline, again, it, it's a superpower if you can harness it. And clearly you've, you've over time, and it seems like very quickly over time, you know, when you were younger, you were able to develop this skill, right? It is a skill. It's something you have to practice. This isn't something that comes super easy to a lot of people. Some people it does, some people it doesn't, but I absolutely believe it's a skill and it sounds like it's a, you know, it's, you've been sharpening that knife for a very long time and it seems like you have full control of it. And, um, Mm-hmm. to do what you do and how you've done it, I think is, is fantastic. So you said the first, if I'm, if I heard you correctly, you said the second half of the book is uh, DFS baseball, correct? Yeah. DFS. You know, that start, that was funny. Um, Lenny Melnick had a fantasy draft guide two years ago mm-hmm. and uh, his wife, Andrea Lamont asked me to write the DFS portion for it. And it turned out so well that they allowed me to post it and publish it as a Kindle book on its own. Wow. So, so that's the, that was book number two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still out there. Um, but if you want to get that, I mean, the information is good. Uh, this, this one is more an up-to-date version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rewrote it a little differently um, because it was written more for their magazine and not for a book. Um, but that book sales that I got from that did, very, did better than I thought, the Kindle. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, that kind of was part of behind what I did. And I wanted to include that. The other books that I do won't include those things. Mm-hmm. Won't include any DFS. It'll just be betting, sports betting. And I think that's more important. I think that's where we're really headed. Uh, I'm sure of it. As soon as, look at what's happening today. What you're going to have are so many people out there who are going to be trying to gamble their way out of a hole, which is a big mm-hmm. mistake. And they're only going to gam- get themselves in deeper. Um, it's a common mistake that a lot of people make. And, and what I'm hoping is that they spend the 10 bucks or 11 bucks, whatever it is, and, and figure it out before they do. Um, that's one of the things that I strongly suggest. If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it because you're going to lose. You know, I don't care. I, I love these guys who talk about how they know sports. I think I know sports too. And, and, and the difference between me and most of those guys is I know what it's like to go out on a tennis court and have to win in order to survive. And most of these guys played little league baseball. Funny story. I got this kid on my podcast in, in one day and, and I never published it because it was so stupid. He says to me, listen to this one, Michael, this will crack you up. He says, this is, this is the phony nature of a lot of what we do. He says, my baseball playing days, we didn't do those things. And so I asked him, I said, when was your, when was the last time you played baseball? He goes, little league. I said, so you're going to compare your experiences in little league or high school to what a professional athlete goes through. I said, dude, man, good luck with your life. Uh, and, and I hung up the pod. I hung it up. Oh, I didn't. Gosh. You have to. I can't yeah. put that out there. Yeah. Because you yeah, your name's on it. Right? Well, of course it is. Yeah. I don't have time for that. I was trying to do the guy a favor. Mm-hmm. But, but again, it all boils down to stay in your lane. Do, what, do the things that you know to do. Mm-hmm. A, lot of guys, a lot of guys go off the, off the script. You know, I get this whole esports thing. I get it. But you won't see me doing it. Yeah. I, I, I have no desire to, to wager even a nickel on DFS. And I still play that, by the way, a little mm-hmm. bit here and there. I have no, no desire to wager on something where I don't even know who these people are. Mm-hmm. I completely <laughs> <do> you, agree. <laughs> I mean, I get why people do it. Oh, yeah. But again, that goes back to the discipline part. You're going to waste more of your bankroll because at some point, the odds are going to come back. You know, you can get lucky. That's the love of Vegas. You know, the greatest thing a Vegas casino operator, sportsbook operator wants to see is you come there your first time and win big mm-hmm. because they're going to get every penny you got. That's Absolutely. What they think. <laughs> and you've probably seen that firsthand, right? Woo, I saw lots of things. You know, I remember this guy. You, you talked about the movie Casino. They, they showed a couple whales, they called them, right? Mm-hmm. Where they sent planes for them. Sure, they, that happened. Now, I remember watching this famous guy, an athlete, lose $10 million on the Baccarat table in two hours. Oh, my goodness. I thought he was going to jump off something. It's the reason they don't have balconies anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, when I was out in Vegas when I first got there, they still had balconies. So, I mean, but those stories, though, when you see these guys get wiped out, you know, it it sits with you because you go, wait a second. This guy just lost 10 million bucks. He just lost it all, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, back then in the 80s, guys weren't making 10 million a year. They weren't making 10 million over their career, even Mm -hmm. off the court. And it was amazing to watch. And I saw lots of that. I used to watch these. I used to come from the buffet. I would, I would stay down in the penthouse suites and I would come down and eat breakfast. Right. And I would walk out to my tennis court, <clears throat> excuse me, walk to the tennis courts. And I would see these ladies wearing white gloves 
and they would be uh, putting coins in the machines and pulling the slot machines all day. And the reason they, and I, I never could figure out why they wore the white gloves. Right. Mm-hmm. So I asked one of the guys and when, I, when we had a staff meeting, in fact, I think it was Frank, I asked. And he said, that's because these girls are degenerates and they don't want their fingers to be dirty. So their husbands don't know they've been playing video games all day. Oh no. So I've seen all different sides of degeneracy. I've seen competitive guys who weren't even gamblers really throw it all away because they lost and they couldn't stand losing. See, an athlete won't go through that because we know what it's all about to lose. We're probably going to lose more than we win in any, anything that we do, but we win just enough to make a living, you know, and that's, or whatever. And, and I've seen all that stuff, man. It's crazy. That's why I, I, I talk the way I do. You know, I, I see these young guys throwing big money and chasing things. And I, I think to myself, okay, you might've won, but in the end you're going to lose because you're not good at it. You're just getting lucky. You know, it's tough. So that's part of my book. You know, that's part of the reason I wrote the book. I, I, of course I want to make money in the industry, but again, I also want people to do well in the industry. You can win in sports betting, but you have to have the right tools to do mm-hmm. it. And a lot of these people don't, and it's going to get worse, man. It's just going to be horrible. And hopefully with your help, Phil, everyone, uh, everyone can get a little bit better. Obviously, it's becoming more widespread. Uh, you know, I live Ooh. here in New Jersey, where it's very, uh, you know, you can pick up your phone. I mean, you know, when sports are on, you could just pick up your phone and start betting. Uh, you know, as long as you're, you're over the age of whatever, um, you know, they they pretty much are okay with it. So it's, I think, a lot more people are going to be taken. I think is a good way to say that. And you know, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully with your help, hopefully with some people over here at Win Daily, we can help a little bit too and make sure that people are, you know, 70% for the NFL season, as you said, over 90 picks. Yep. You know, what, as you said, what do you need? 52, uh, 52 point. Yeah. 52 point. Yeah. Well, to be, to make it just to break it or just to make a small profit mm-hmm. at minus one ten bets, you have to win at least 52.3% of your bets. Mm-hmm. Overall with the, all the sports that I do, I'm right at 56%. I had a tough college football season. I ain't going to lie, but I was doing more games than I'm supposed to. You know, we had where I work, we had to do that because we didn't have as many people as he thought he had Mm -hmm. that he could count on. So I was handicapping 20 games a day. Oh, wow. You know, college football. And that's tough, man, because college football is the hardest of all. You know, that'll be in my next book. I talk about that a little bit. But, uh, you know, the system is good, but sometimes it fails. You know, but, but fortunately I have these other sports that kind of kicked into high gear, like the NBA where I was going on. Well, you were around when daily the last two months to the season before it got called off, I was smoking everybody and and smoking everybody like a 420 blunt. What's up? Only a couple days after 420 as well. So I I was trying to get that in there because I didn't (laughs) even know what, I didn't even know what any of that stuff was, but, uh, sure thing, sure thing, Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Um, And so, and so with that, I mean, you know, as you said, so, you know, thankfully you have these other sports that you know as well, but I would also say, thankfully you have the discipline to stick with your system because I'm sure a lot of people in your position and in other positions and in, you know, betters and gamblers that really just kind of enter and they find what they like, especially a system, as you said, a process, if you do fall very cold with your system, there's a very good chance many people will go ahead and change it. But it sounds like you did not deviate from the process at all. You stuck to it. And that will most likely then, you know, obviously, as you said, sometimes just the ball bounces the wrong way. I'm a Rutgers alum. 
they covered against Ohio State. And I bring that up to my friends who went to Ohio State all the time because there's no point. Right. There's no reason Rutgers should have covered that game, but it, they did. You know, so it's very interesting. I'm one, so, I, keep going. I'm wearing a Rutgers shirt right now, a football shirt. Very nice, man. Look at that. Oh, really? Really? I, I did that because uh, my very special friend is an Ohio State fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I make sure to uh, bring that up too. I get it. I get it. I love it. I, yeah, love, yeah. I bring it up all the time. We actually had a bet on that game um, yeah. with the spread, and now now we hound him for it anytime we see him. So it's always yeah, fantastic. She's so, so not so big a fan of mine after that, but I don't care. It's all good. That's all that matters. Awesome. The quarantine man. will be over soon. <laughs> quarantine. So yeah, what? Uh, tell us. I know you, you told me off camera, and we touched upon it a second. But you know what? What are you doing in this quarantine? And how soon are those other books going to come out? Well, uh, I'm doing good. You know, um, for me, I, I have a very regimented day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just talking to Jason about this last week. I have a very, because he was curious about this too. <laughs> I have a very regimented day and, and now I have a lot of time on my hands, but it's actually beneficial to me. I tre- decided to treat it like a vacation. Mm-hmm. And, and thankfully I'm a freelancer technically. So mm-hmm. uh, in about two weeks, I'll be able to apply for stuff and I'll get all that backdated back. So I'm going to get paid to write my books. But the very best nice. part, but, but here's the thing. This is what I've learned. And, and, and like I told you a couple things off air, we'll keep them off air that you understand the background mm-hmm. on this. Yep. My phone doesn't even ring because the, the people that know me, when I tell them I'm writing a book, don't worry about me. That's why I post so much on Instagram and Facebook, a nice little quote every day mm-hmm. to, to help, to let them know I'm still alive <laughs> and, that, and that I love them. And, and I'll talk to them in a week and a half. But you, know, I, you can see the uh, football book probably in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be done with the football this weekend um maybe less maybe more it just depends i have all day you know that's the whole thing i can take a nap in the day whatever um but basically i haven't done much um i do some podcasts here and there i, I built my website uh, i have my my radio show page the phil show.com page um i've included uh a shop i i figured out how to do this to save me three thousand bucks because i just had to do this Mm-hmm. I was, I've been planning on doing this for years and I had, because of work, my work job, they expect us to be, have our own pages with our own prices. You know what I mean? How that mm-hmm. works. So I set all that up. Um, I, a couple of my former professional soccer friends and I are going to do a podcast together called pro soccer weekly. It's all about betting. Um, they're really knowledgeable. They still coach and they know things. And I do that. And then I'm going to do the football book. Like I said, then I'll do the basketball book next. Um, that'll be out probably well, whatever. I don't even know when that's going out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then while I'm at it, I think we're going to have another five weeks, six weeks of this for, for a guy like me, it's going to be longer because my living is all about sports. Um, I would say I'll have time to do the hockey book. Um, and then I do some private things. You know, I, I still coach sort mm-hmm. of, um, I coach at Brookwood camps in the summer for five weeks. I'll be there. Hopefully they'll open that up. That's in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Hopefully if not, that'll be another interesting thing. Um, so I, I keep busy, but not in the same structure that I had before, but in the discipline is kind of slagged a little too, because the timing that I have, mm-hmm. see when I'm during the season, Michael, during the season, if you wanted to call me now that we know each other, I would probably give you my number. But uh, at the end of the day, during the season, everything has to be regimented or I miss something. Everything has to be accounted for. Like Wednesday afternoon, I talked to my very special friend every Wednesday afternoon at a certain time. You know, it is what it is. 
And, and now uh, I have all this, okay, I can take a nap for two hours because you know what? I don't have to go to bed at eight o'clock tonight because I don't have to get up early. So it's different. And, and, and I'm looking, trying to stay regimented and it's not easy. You know, I, I still do my little leg, whatever, and my arm, whatever, you know, little exercise. I'm 54. Um, I think I'm still in pretty decent shape for an old guy. Um, I played tennis last week in Iowa. Uh, a friend of mine owns an airline company in Greece. He was a big sponsor of the things that we were doing in Greece at the time. It was his grandson's birthday. And I had booked this flight like three months ago. And obviously that kind of got sent to the laundromat, <laughs> like with everything else, thanks to quarantine. So he sent a private jet for me to take me there and back. And it was fantastic. So I had that little bit of fun. I did that. Outside of that, not much, man. You know, not much. I, I don't like watch the news. Do you watch the mm -hmm. news much? I do not. I hate the news. Oh, God. You know, I, my day... I remember when I was in journalism, I took a couple of journalism classes in high school, believe it or not. Um, and uh, I remember them telling us, you want to be Walter Cronkite. Mm -hmm. You want to be Tom Brokaw or whoever, Dan Rather, whatever it was, because you turned them on because you trusted and respected them. And, and I don't turn anything on because I don't trust or respect them. Nope. And I'm technically in their business. You know, you don't know what to believe anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you got a lot of other guys out there just trying to stay relevant. And they're coming up with all kinds of crazy things. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, off the air, we'll talk if you got a few minutes. I got to <laughs> tell you a funny story. I love it. I can't do this on air. Yeah, oh, maybe this, this will, we'll, we'll, we'll table that discussion for a minute, but um, no, Phil, this was incredible. Obviously, as, as I thought your, your information, your knowledge, your wisdom, everything that's come with this whole lifetime that you've been able to live in an, an extremely interesting and fantastic <laughs> industry, which is now much more open and honest, uh, obviously with everything, you know, now you can be outside of Vegas and talk about it a little bit more, but sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today, man. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. This was a great, time killer for me and a great time i got i'm glad i finally got to meet you yes absolutely phil cash with the flash nasons professional handicapper content director here at win daily author of baseball betting 101 which will be in the show notes as well as all of his socials but if you don't mind phil where can we find you on the internet um social media it's easy cash with flash that's on instagram and twitter um, nice and easy linkedin just google my name phil nasons PhilNasonShow.com is where my show is. It's where uh, This Week in Tennis, our award-winning podcast is. Um, we haven't done it much in the last couple of years because he's my co-host is in the industry too. And you know, he's, he's now photograph, photographing professional soccer matches, so it makes it tough. And he lives in Scotland. Back when I lived in Greece, it was different. We were only yeah. a two-hour time difference. A little different. A lot different. But whatever, um, everything is there at PhilNasonShow.com. Um, that's it, I guess. And I'll... I'll make sure everything's in the show notes. Really I know appreciate you your time today, Phil. Thank hey, you, everybody. Thanks, man. Thank you.